Hello and welcome to Dystopian Deep Dives with your host, Natalie Donna. What follows is a conversation with Charlie Robinson of the Octopus of Global Control and the podcast Macro Aggressions. It's really just a, in these stressful times, uh, the best medicine is a little bit of humor. So I think this is a fun one and I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here's our episode. I, I, you know, Philadelphia is so disappointing, to be honest, because I thought there would be more people who were against the COVID stuff. But uh, it turns out that I guess I don't have the same value systems as the people that I'm like kind of surrounded by in these, I guess, like leftist sort of hipster circles. You know what I mean? They should have put a Dallas Cowboys hat on COVID and then they, then the Philly people would have ha- hated it <laughs> the re- required amount. I know. It's so <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. And I also didn't live here for about five or six years. I was abroad. And so I come back and I'm like, wow, everyone's really um, been turned, turned against each other. It's so divisive here. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a really strange thing. And I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I've actually never been to, well, I've been to the Philadelphia airport. I've never actually <laughs> explored Philadelphia. My only experience with Philadelphia is knowing the types of fans that they are, because I come out of the sports oh, right. world. And Philadelphia fans are unrelenting, ball-busting maniacs. Yeah, they're and crazy. I would have expected them to be like, there's no way I'm buying this bullshit. I'm you know, I'm not part, putting up with any of this stuff. I would, I would have pegged Philly fans as being the type that would be like, there is no way you're making me do anything I don't want to do. I think so maybe kind of some of like, them, yeah, probably some of them who are like your typical imaginary like MAGA voter hat people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, they did have a lot of clashes with the protesters um, during those riots uh last summer I, th- I think you mean mostly peaceful protests right the, the burning that cnn picture where he's everything's burning behind him yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's this is this is totally normal that 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 campfire behind me that looks like a building is 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 not a building on fire you you don't believe your eyes it's just insane the lies that they you know i thought they were pretty um explicit with 9-11 to be honest and since then i've just been sort of like okay i i don't trust anything the government says or does no um but now they're just so blatantly lying if anyone did you know i heard you say this on a different podcast if anyone did the measure of a little bit of research outside of the mainstream news media they wouldn't none of this would be feasible yeah 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 but it's so we're, we just have been conditioned to to just trust, uh, you know, you get busy and you go, well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the media says this and, and, you know, look, they have a whole newsroom and all these people that are paid money and they have a serious anchor who wears a suit and tie and mm-hmm. they must know more than I know because I'm just, you know, some guy going to work Schlub, every day. Yeah. And so I just assume that the, you know, if you have that relationship with the media, you're going to get lied to. You're going to be like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if they're telling me the truth or not, but probably they're probably closer to the truth than I would be. So I'll listen to what they have to say. And then you go out about your day and you've got all these lies in your head. And then you, mm-hmm. you think that it's the truth. Cause you don't, you're not hearing any sort of conflicting. Yeah. And the conflicting narrative is the, the scary alt-right yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Tucker Carlson and his bow tie are going to get you if you don't oh get my, the vaccine. Oh my God. 
It's crazy. And, and, but it's been, it's been weird. It's been, it's kind of like fascinating to watch it, but mm-hmm. I just wish we weren't having to live through it as well. It'd be fascinating to watch it if it was like we were examining a piece of history right. that didn't affect us. But since it, since it totally affects us, it's less interesting and less fun. It's more just annoying, but I still have just, I'm in awe of the job that they've done on yeah. the general public. Yeah. It's, it's kind of terrifying, to be honest, because kind of I, I really right. didn't, I didn't really know because I haven't had a television in my house for 20 years or something. You know, oh, I've been on, the, you know, I've been on the internet. I don't know where everybody else has been. They've been on the television. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, oh, I love movies and I watch movies, but TV is sort of, to me, a waste of time. It, I it, understand needing the kind of release and relaxation of media. But even that stuff, so so over the top. I just watched an Amazon thing with Chris Pratt. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the title. Tomorrow War, Future War. Yeah. It was so chock full of the propaganda that I just couldn't. I was like, this is amazing because it's just so in your face now. I feel like they were much more subtle, in like. Yes. And even the '70s was kind of a fun time because there's so many movies that were kind of criticizing the whole. I just I just watched. I, you know what? I had never, for whatever reason, I'd never seen Saturday Night Fever before. Obviously, <laughs> I know the soundtrack. I know the, I know the look. Yeah. I know all that stuff. I felt like I've seen it. I, I grew up in the 70s. You know, I'm mm-hmm. old enough to have seen it, but I hadn't seen it. And, and, and it was on, my wife's like, oh my God, you got to watch this. This movie's so great. You know, I'm like, I don't want to watch Grease, you know, cause she's like, oh, Grease is so good. You got to watch Grease. I'm like, Grease sucks. I'm like, I'm giving her a hard time, <laughs> you know, but so she's like, you got to watch the Saturday Night Fever. It's so great. So I started watching it and it is so over the top racist. Yes. And cra- like crazy amounts of overt racism <laughs> yes. in it. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, you is- watch some stuff from the 70s and you're like, okay, we actually have made progress. Yes. I and- was so mortified by it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. And that's kind of where I'm at with, you know, what we would call the left, right? Is that I think they sort of, A, they've ingested an unreality. And, you know, B, they live in the past. Like they don't seem to, and I think it's because their organizations sort of won out a lot of their causes, which is great. I'm not here, uh, someone's honking their horn. I'm not here to, you know, uh, beat down people. I want people to have freedom and rights and things like this, you know? But I think they won a lot of their causes. And what happened was they had to like prop up their causes with uh, more sort of insane ones that are, okay, now everyone who's white is racist or uh, guess what? Men are women uh, and they need (laughs) rights just like you and should compete in the Olympics. Like, okay, uh, you're insane. Yeah. I grew up in Palm Springs, California, which has a huge gay community. I like love a, it there. I love it. Like a, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a fun place, but it, it's, it's always been a mecca for the gay community. Mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I grew up in that sort of normalized. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so it was never really a big deal to me. And, and I never really thought of it as an agenda or anything. I just thought it was people being themselves. And, right, because and around it, other initially people. it is, I think. Initially, these, but it, yeah, it's go changed. ahead. Yes, it's totally certainly. changed. It's certainly. turned into like, like a badge of honor, like it's some sort of identification oh, mm-hmm. bracelet. You know, you've got to be this, and and it's like a, it's like, hey, how uh, 
how open-minded are you? Are you this open? Are you uh, tranny story time for four-year-olds open-minded or are we not quite there yet? It's like, what, what, you know? So I've seen it swing like, like from, Hey, everybody needs to treat the gay community with respect and decency, which I'm of course, obviously in favor of to like, we need to have pride month all month long and we need a parking space and you need to be canceled if you ever had a, a thought that would yeah, if you ever made a gay joke or something you have to be canceled permanently or like it's like wait a sec i feel like we've overshot this whole thing you know like it doesn't yeah it, a lot of that has important. to do with uh, what happened in the academy and um postmodernism and foucault and that's a whole can of war- judith butler like we can get into like queer theory and and what it did to to gay rights which it's basically anti it's like the antithesis of of gay rights but no one really knows this because they don't really look into it so that's, that's that that wouldn't surprise me too because a lot of this is like controlled opposition it's mm-hmm. like hey listen mm-hmm. we're fighting for your rights but only these rights you know right. we're only gonna give you a, a, a sliver of this and then we're going to say that you owe us something for for us getting you these rights I, it's well just you're out there in uh, california right what's that you're in california currently yeah i'm in denver oh I, you're in I denver, denver now, okay but, you live in the creepy airport place yes i do i live <laughs> i live yes the creepy airport place but i'm from california and i lived there for 35 years and, okay. and then did some time living in vegas and and mm. so i you know i'm a southern californian and it's been it's been horrible to see what what's happened to that and i can you know it's not like People, when I was growing up, people were like, you know, California is going to get a huge earthquake and it's going to fall into the ocean and it's going to be totally I remember ruined. that, yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it has been ruined, but it didn't happen because of an earthquake. It happened because of politics. It happened because mm-hmm. they put lunatics in positions of power like Gavin Newsom and Chesa Bowden in San Francisco and these places when they, they said, hey, you have radical ideologies let's let you be in charge of of the district attorney's office in san francisco okay great What's oh yeah that's thing? a very interesting they're connected to the weather underground yeah 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 that's yeah a whole can of, that's another can there's so many that you can get into you know just and it, it it sounds to me that people aren't more curious about what's really going on yeah i know and i and i can and i can sort of write that off at least a, a little bit to like I'm busy. I don't, I can't know everything about everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. I give, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a break on, on, on not knowing everything about everything. But if you live in San Francisco and you don't understand mm-hmm. what's happening in your town and you don't realize that George Soros financed this guy and that this guy's fa- his parents are in prison for murder, you know, they like, they were right. members of the weather underground. Well, like this is bad. This is not the guy you want in charge. <laughs> it's really interesting how, uh, the left, uh, like Bill Ayers, and, and um, I can't remember the woman's name, but how they sort of start out as like very violent, and then they sort of learn that they're going to just kind of become part of the system and, you know, kind of tweak it from the inside. Um, and I think you said that you suspect a lot of this propaganda surrounding just not COVID, but really everything is being manufactured on social media uh have you noticed this about other issues not just covid well social media is is a is a place where everybody's anti-semitic apparently i mean Mm -hmm. that they've had they've had that's the agenda that i've been been feeling that's just 
strictly, you know, like that they've gone after social media, the ADL and the SPLC have said, oh, if you're talking about any of this criticism of Israel or pro BDS, you're anti-Semitic. You're, you're one step away from being a terrorist. I'm like, wow, really? That's, that, that happened fast. Uh, what about all the Jewish kids I grew up with that are all my best friends? Now I'm anti-Semitic for saying that I think that, that, that Palestine shouldn't be bombed in the Stone right. Age. <laughs> like that's, that happened. That, but that, that Israel has a lot of uh, security, you know, connections with the United oh, States. Yeah. And you've, spoken i don't know i didn't get as far into your interview with whitney webb as i would have liked to but mm. she writes a lot about that stuff yeah and yeah she yeah it, it, when it when it comes to like internet security and mm -hmm. internet spying it always leads back to the israelis uh yeah just it does really good at it they're 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 they've prioritized that they have unit 8200 that that you know is deeply involved in this and they've recognized that as a as a great way for them to gather information it's not new either i mean mm -hmm. we, we we know about the inslaw case and and robert maxwell selling this uh this uh promise software mm -hmm. and danny castellaro writing about it writing about the octopus which of course i wrote you know he wrote a book called the octopus when he was 44 and wound up uh dead in a bathtub it's uh, not this guy pedro Pedro, oh, I'm gonna mess up his name. There's another guy with an octopus on his book. Oh, uh, uh, how they rule the world. Yeah, that's um, Daniel oh. Estelin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Someone wanted to wanted me to ask you about your octopus and if it was basically just a nod to, oh, what is that logo from the NROL? That's 39. exactly where it is. That, Nothing that, whoever, is beyond our reach. Yes, nothing. Yeah, nothing is beyond our reach. NROL-39, the spy satellite that the National mm -hmm. Reconnaissance Office. Yeah, I, I actually took the the logo exactly from it, changed the colors, and 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 used it as my own. That's funny. No, mo most people haven't really noticed that. Actually, it's funny if if people look for like that octopus logo or they search NROL-39. One of the things that will come up is a is a bit that John Stewart did on the Daily Show about it. Yeah, he 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 was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, like he's pointing <laughs> to the to the big logo on this spy set. Nothing is beyond our reach. It's like, what are you guys doing there? You know, um, he still so, has yeah. like kind of a soft spot in my heart. Uh, I really liked the Daily Show when he was on it, and I, I saw him recently. I think it was on Colbert. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of this stuff. You know, I get it in drips and drabs, but if someone posts a link, I'll click on it or whatever. Yeah. And I saw him and he was like really close to it. It was so funny. It was like, you've left me alone too long. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know some stuff. I'm like, I mean, I doubt he's going to compromise his career in any way, but. He, he knows how to walk that line and he knows mm -hmm. how to, um, he, you know, he knows he knows how to frame it in the way that a comedian does so that right. you can get the free pass from saying, Hey, I'm a comic be doing a bit to it. And also um, that there's some real value in there. In fact, in my octopus book, I put a quote from Joe Rogan talking about Jon Stewart and, and saying, I always liked the daily show because it was a way for me to get information, like get, to get a news story 
that I could understand delivered to me in a way that was funny that I could get. And then it was up to me to pick apart what was the serious portion and what was the comedic portion. And I could do that. But I always liked it was something along those lines. Like I always liked the way the daily show did it. And I put that quote in there because I felt the same way. Mm -hmm. I always liked, I felt like I was getting news in a, in a manner that I could process it easier. And, and, and I, and I never felt that, John Stewart was being disrespectful at laughing at the absurdity of it all. I thought it was- And he did both was, sides. He would do both of them. Both sides too. And that was, and that was important as well. He wasn't one side. Uh, because know, comedy is really, it should be, I can make fun of all these people. Yes. Right? It gives you, Shouldn't uh, it? It, it gives you, yeah, I think- <laughs> I can make fun of all this absurdity. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It, it, and that's what makes Colbert not funny. Right. Because his show is awful. just let's bag on Trump. And that's why Trevor Noah, who took over The Daily Show, is awful. They're it's terrible. Awful, yeah. They're really bad. They're I can't watch funny. them. No, they're not funny. And actually, it's kind of a shame. We always go, it seems like the pendulum swings, right? Um, although, I again, I feel like we've made a lot of progress since the 70s, since uh, John Travolta's uh, right. is that his debuting role. <laughs> I, I no, I guess he was on Welcome Back Cotter or something first, but he was on Welcome Back Cotter. But he, but that same persona from Welcome Back Cotter, this like, hey, what do you know? Hey, I'm kind of a big dummy, you know that that was in Saturday Night Fever, and they were talking about black people, and I was like, oh my god, it's so <laughs> bad, it is so bad. It's one of the ones I can't. I'm like, oh no, that yeah. one's because not all of them are that bad, you know. Mm -mm. Some of them are really thought provoking. From the, I love that time period. I, I shouldn't waste my whole time with you talking about 70s movies because I know but just, it's still funny because but, it captured you know the rules were different back then mm -hmm. what you could say and not say you know whether you needed a seatbelt in your car or didn't need a seatbelt in your car like it was just people were smoking in airports you know people were smoking in airplanes yes in <laughs> metal tubes in the sky I always think right. that's insane yeah. Yeah. oh hey should we, we should let this half of the airplane smoke oh good idea right you know I mean, it's just insane so I, I it, we kind of need that there as a barometer to show like where things were I, and I'm not saying that everything has necessarily gotten better you no know, some things that, that no, like, it's, kinda... it's gotten into a really strange, surreal, absurdist, uh, like, I play agree. or something. And I think part of that is because a lot of the stuff that we see is theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Manufactured, you know, for the public's consent. Yeah. Like, and the public is the last to know that, you know, they're like they're the last ones to figure out like, hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. They're like, what show? <laughs> like the show you've been watching for the last 18 months, you know, like the COVID show. Have you been enjoying it? Like, I thought it was all like death, life or death and totally, totally real. Well, some parts are real, but you know, we took some creative liberties with it, you know, to, to spice it up and make the plot better. You're like what? Yeah, so there's a lot of people that are kind of just now a lot of twists and turns yeah we had to add some yeah you know i mean for act three we have to have the you know like the, the, the protagonist variant. becomes the villain and it's like w you mean this isn't real no no it's a play it's the gigantic play we've been putting it on for you don't you like it it's like no i don't <laughs> no it's terrifying please stop they'll take these movements that i think come from places that are initially like really great and then yes. they'll co-opt them and yeah, I think that's basically what happened because with transgenderism, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, even though, because it really has consumed my life for the past like five years, like not kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I really wish that I wasn't the type of person I am that needs to know.
I need right. to know things. And then even then I feel like I don't know anything. Uh, but yeah, the big thing with the trans stuff is the big pharma. I know that you've mentioned in another podcast that you're like, I used to think it was big tech, but big pharma basically runs everything. So yeah. big pharma in conjunction with uh, the big government, basically. And that's what COVID is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been this, this blending. People are like, well, it's fascism. Well, it is fascism. It's, or corporatism, however you want to, I think that they, they both Fabian are sort of the, socialism. It's, it's, it's a little of every, I'll tell you what it's not. We can be sure. It's not for the people. It's not benefiting the many. It is benefiting the few, and it is driving this massive weird agenda. And it's been extremely dangerous. Now, if it was just one thing, if the agenda was just to normalize, uh, you know, something innocuous, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that big of a, a problem with it. I would just be annoyed, and I'd be observing it and going, "These look at these weirdos." But because it's so important physically for us, where we're talking about medical. Mm -hmm. And it's mysterious to people because, again, yeah. they're not experts, right? You and I, we're not experts. So no. we would like it if someone else did the heavy lifting for us and then was honest with us about what was going on. Yes. But that is not what happened. Right, right. Yeah, I am, I am extreme. I, I mean, I'm vocal and, and upfront with the fact that, look, I'm not a, a medical doctor, so I don't know all the ins and outs of this, but I do recognize when I'm being lied to. Mm -hmm. And I do know that there are other medical doctors out there that are saying something completely different than, than the established narrative. I do recognize the media are pathological liars. I realize the government is a, are a bunch of pathological liars. So we've got the makings of a psychological operation. We've got the makings yes. of some lies coming your way. So I think it is it is reasonable for people to have questions about the COVID operation. And when mm -hmm. somebody tells you that you shouldn't be questioning it, that is, is something you should, que you should question them for yeah, telling whenever, you not to question it. Whenever someone tells me I can't talk about something, I just want to talk about it more. Exactly. I think that's what I guess DARPA is trying to figure out. They're trying to, I guess they have some research program where they're trying to figure out who, what makes someone resistant to authority i heard they were looking yeah. for that if well I, I could save them some money and give them some thoughts uh you know when the authority when the authority that's telling you something are, are run by people that you don't respect then there's no reason to believe what they're saying so it's like if you want people to believe your agendas and your lies get better liars get better you can't don't you know or, or tell the truth which they'll never do but but you can't have somebody you go i can't believe these people aren't falling for the COVID operation really you can't believe that people aren't falling for it why should anybody believe anything they've contradicted themselves on every component of it they've said one thing and then said yes. the exact opposite like it, it's not only you know they nobody should be surprised that people are questioning this in fact the people should be surprised that anybody is believing it because there's so many holes in the story that don't add up and the minute you start pushing on it they well, want everyone i see like who i work with you know i have a day job and i see them still we've had the mandate if you've been vaccinated you don't have to wear the mask anymore and they're still doing it they love it yeah i think yeah, there's a part of them that really likes to be told what to do there there is i've i've noticed this and i'm not on the right the right side or the left side right, but i think I, you're an anarchist i i am i am an anarchist for sure and <laughs> i see i see the left 
as being there it's a, it's a strange thing they they want to be told what to do by mm-hmm. authority mm-hmm. and then then once they're told what to do by authority they become authoritarians themselves and they want to mm-hmm. tell everyone else what to do so the like same, they yeah. would they would be the people that would work at the camps you know what i mean they'd be they'd be I the do. ones processing in- us into the fema camps <laughs> It's really actually scary when you, you know, people always have that question like, oh, what was it like to live through Nazi Germany? You know, I, th- I think we're getting a good taste of it right now. I, I know. And people are like, man, if I was living in 1939, I would have told those Nazis go to hell. Really? No, you wanted your, you want to keep your job. You want to keep done your job. It's, right. Exactly. It's something as simple as that. You know, like, like, oh, really? Like, I wouldn't have ratted out the Jews. Did you call the police because there were too many cars in your neighbor's driveway on, on Thanksgiving? Because if you did that, you would be ratting out the Jews, believe me. You know, so. It's just so crazy to me how much power people have given away. Like, they really let the government dictate to them who to see, what to do. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, the government treats them like uh, they're children. They treat us like yes. we're children. We're too stupid to make decisions for ourselves. You know, and- I, I, it's totally true. It, it's totally true. But then, and, and, I, and I, I get like really frustrated with it. And I think we deserve better than this. And how dare they treat us like this? And we're better than that. And they don't need to treat us like children. And then I see Black Friday. And then I see how we behave. Not we. <laughs> but I, you know, yeah, the there's a public. mob. Yeah. And I go, I go, you know what? Maybe the government shouldn't respect us. Maybe we're getting exactly what we deserve. Maybe I mean, I the eugenicists are right. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't dwell on it for too long, but, I, yeah. but part of me is going, hey, listen, you guys have a point on some of these people do need to go. Like some of these people are too, so stupid. They're, you're, you're punching an old lady so that you can get a $3 DVD player at Best Buy on Black Friday. Like what have you become, like what's happened here? Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, people have a lot of theories about that. And basically the consumerism is like kind of a, a religion to replace any of the others um, especially in america yeah and i think a lot of people don't understand that we're up against an entire new religion you know like this is what i see transhumanism as is like a total different set of values and i think they seem to be anti-human values uh, yeah. would you agree with that i would agree with that and and it's sold to us like under the guise of uh convenience like it's the it's it's the the typical sales pitch sell the benefits right Mm -hmm. hey we're gonna come like so it's kind of hard to argue when the sales pitch is look at this guy who lost his arm in a farming accident and now we've got this prosthetic arm we're gonna put it on look at this technology isn't it amazing this guy can now control this prosthetic arm and he can pick up a can and he can drink it he can pick up a, a, a a cell phone and tap on everything he can use it how do you argue with that? Like, that's amazing and that's fantastic and that's great for that guy. Mm-hmm. But where does that end? You know, like, where's the line at which, okay, we've given this guy who needs it a robotic arm, but this technology, the same institutions, DARPA or whoever, that are, that are financing this and building these amazing things are also building new ro- killer robots that will, that will determine whether or not you have a a fever and if you have a fever take you off it to a quarantine camp right which is all funded by like the military industrial complex same with the space race which is a personal thing that i dislike very very much 
Oh yeah, we can get into that on another episode. <laughs> if you want to. Good chat about uh, that. <laughs> I, yeah, I really could talk about that for a long time. But yeah, all of it is funneled into military industrial research yeah. and it's it's not separable anymore. I think a lot of people don't get that either. Where there's lots of people who have these jobs uh, in, in these fields who have basically been put through this system, fed through this system to support the system. I believe Chris Hedges probably says this more succinctly than I do, but they've been taught how to uphold the system and nothing more. There's no critical thinking. And so it's very easy for them to sort of be bought out or maybe not even have an ethical dilemma as to what they're doing or contributing to. By the way, Chris Hedges says everything more succinctly than both of us. Okay, let's just get that out there <laughs> yeah, right off true. the bat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would listen to Chris Hedges read the phone book. You know what I mean? He's going to do it with this like, <laughs> like amazing like enthusiasm because he's a preacher. Um, yes. It, we are in a, the transhumanist agenda is, is fascinating and, and dangerous too because, you know, we, it's like, how far back do we want to go? We're talking about old movies, you know, like when we were watching Terminator and Terminator 2 mm. and things like that, like that is entertainment on the surface. But on, uh, if you go a, a step below, it's predictive programming. It's, mm -hmm. it's getting you prepped for a world of transhumanism. It's setting that you to, to think about a world in, in a certain way. And, uh, and, and that might just be, you know, a bunch of Hollywood producers wanting to make money could be just that, but it could also be, we know that the, we know that the government has has its tentacles into Hollywood, and we know mm -hmm. that the CIA and Department of Defense have offices there, and they're heavily involved in shaping narratives and creating mm -hmm. uh, a, a version of reality because through the film industry, it's a great yes. way to do it. And so part of that got us prepped for transhumanism under the guise of like, hey, isn't this cool? We've got robots. A lot of people still think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah, of people yeah. don't really understand, I think, that they have, they're operating on a completely different value system. And mm, I think yeah. I, I'm very interested in value systems right now because personally, going through this whole COVID thing and before that, you know, the trans stuff, I've lost a lot of friends in the last like six years. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the same person I've always been, but it seems like some of the people that I knew didn't really have value systems or strong ones that like they really, really believed or felt some certain way about like a strong opinion about something or a strong reason to be against something. Like yeah, if you're a Christian, for example, you might have an opinion about abortion, right? Yes. You, you know, uh, uh, it shapes how you see the world. and you know, personally, after going through all the trans stuff, it, for me, it was like, I kind of developed a quasi feminist value system where I'm like, does this hurt women and children? Yes, then I'm against it. It's really that right. basic for me. Yeah, it really is. Well, and so. a lot of people don't like to be reminded that they don't have a value system. So right. they'll, 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 <laughs> they'll drift away from you, you and your values, because you're making them look bad by comparison. You know, they're like, well, I don't really care one way or the other about any of this stuff. It's like, why? Why? You don't have an opinion on it? Nope. <laughs> like okay well so i like i've i haven't lost my close friends to this but well, they weren't close some of the i i'd say that my closest core group here is actually we're all still we might even go to amish country uh to friday saturday to go see wh which kennedy is that is it robert i'm mm -hmm. so bad at remembering all their names yes the the you know so-called anti-vax guy yes that would be robert yeah. So, but yeah, close friends, no, but acquaintances, acquaintances, many. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's been um it's been a really divisive time and it's not just all of trump's fault you know Mm-mm. although he he did a good job of dividing people but it, you know there's there the media likes to divide us and they get us thinking you know you're you're anti-science now if you have an opinion on their bot science that you see on television if you if you have mm-hmm. any sort of opinion that differs with fauci you're anti-science you know and any criticism of fauci is a criticism of science he's tried to make that but he's been bought and paid for since the 80s of course of course you and know that whole azt should, yes. aid situation so i can't even believe people's memories are so short i think they bank on that i think it's part of the mechanism of control to like okay well no one's really going to remember like 30 years ago or even right. now like the news cycle so fast like even like last week what happened 30 minutes ago yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think it's part of how they control people yeah oh for sure yeah yeah you 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 can you know it's not hey guys we do have the internet you know we can go back and look 30 years it's not that it's not like we're going back 3000 years ago like we can we can find out what happened in the 80s a lot of us lived through it i mean the people that were in the gay community knew who anthony anthony fauci was they they had no respect for that guy and now he's marched out again through another global operation and and mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people are like hey i've seen this show before i don't like how this one ends yeah yeah i think aids was definitely a template for what we're seeing but they've I think part of the reason too why they're doing this is because of all the information we do have access to and they're like oh crud now they have all the info if they want it so we have to crank out this propaganda really hard to make them not even want to look for it you know yeah it's kind of wild it's kind of a sign that they're losing control too i feel mm. like that the faster they try to ram this this these agendas through the sloppier of a job they do with the narrative building and it becomes Mm -hmm. a little bit more transparent you know like if you've watched a movie that's edited poorly and you go this movie's (laughs) kind of hard to watch it's so herky-jerky and then like once you see it then you can't focus on anything else but that and 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 i feel like this covid story is is disjointed and doesn't work and now all i can focus on are all of their missteps and all of their lies and all their contradictions and I, and I feel like I'm not alone in that. Like, like if it, if they had done a better job, if they'd put better people in play by better, I mean, better at being psychopathic, I guess. Maybe just different ones. <laughs> just different ones. Like you can't have Fauci out there. That guy's not, you know, he's losing control of the narrative, but if you'd had better psychopaths out there selling this thing, you might've had, um, you might not be resorting to giving away laps around Talladega Speedway in order, you know, in exchange for getting the vaccine, you know, or like a donut or a donut, I Here's guess, donut, beer yummy. or like here, you, it's okay if you die of diabetes later. Yeah. We don't care about that. That's not the operation we're worried about. We're, we're you know, Oh, but won't this donut be bad for me? Shut up. Take the donut. We're not worried about sugar. Uh, we're worried about COVID. So. Which is insane because it's really not, uh, that deadly. And I knew that early on, I crunched the numbers because I didn't believe them. I was like, this is not real. I was like, this is, that's too much, you guys. I don't believe any of this. Like, I think it started with that Vietnamese, like, hand-washing video that I, it was like, uh, went viral. And I was like, no, this is ridiculous. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's coming, it's such a uniform message coming from everywhere. And yes. that's, that should tell you really like, okay, everyone's in lockstep with this program. Uh, yep. That's, 
That's mm-hmm. what David Icke says. He said, you know, wait, how can you tell when it's the agenda? When it's nowhere, and then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Right. And that's, and that's what COVID was. It was nowhere. And then all of a sudden it was like someone flipped the COVID switch and they said, all right, it's now 24 seven COVID talk. And that's all. And that of course gets extremely annoying and we're not. um... Yeah. I mean, I took a break. Like I don't really even know what's going on recently with it because uh, last year when I did all the numbers with the Johns Hopkins data, when it was useful, they changed the map a couple months into it. The map used to be a useful data point thing, and then it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that they weren't reporting as much data because they knew if they, right. you know, like people would catch on. And I think it it does play on people's fear of their health, and also the you know the the fear of death that oh, a lot yeah. of people have in this culture, which you know they they haven't really made peace with death. And in fact, the transhumanist thing is kind of declaring open war on it in a way we're like oh, upload your consciousness yeah you know yeah we're all afraid of death we're all gonna die you know interesting uh, sort of blending of these two things was in the spars pandemic document which is uh, this fake scenario speaking of johns hopkins they ran this in 2017 um simulating an outbreak of a coronavirus and and how it sweeps the world and everything and it was it was meant to show the relationship it was it was johns hopkins medical center plus the media and what they Mm -hmm. were trying to do is they were trying to figure out how the messaging would go if you had a pandemic how we would how the medical community would work with the mainstream media to craft a message and get that out and have it be consistent in their messaging and how they would get people ready for the vaccines and all that stuff so they role played this whole scenario and in that scenario one of the components of it that they that they hit a brick wall with was the messaging towards the native americans they mm. said that they they tried to scare the native americans like they tried to scare everyone else with a one size fits all fear tactic of if you don't take the coronavirus vaccine you're going to die and what and in this scenario they had elder like tribal leaders come forward and say you know, they, they had meetings with them. They said, what's the problem? None of your, none of your people will take this vaccine. And the elders were saying, that's because you're approaching it wrong. You're going at them, trying to scare them with death. We're not scared of death. You have to, right. if you want to get them, you have to say, if you take this vaccine, think of all the living you'll do. Think of the, all of the, the, you know, the stuff that you'll see with your parents. So then they changed the messaging and then that got the Indians to take it. Oh, but it, they didn't change it to we're all in this together, did they? <laughs> I really hate that. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not in it with you. No, we're most definitely not in I, this together. I'm just like kind of quietly looking at you all now. Like you're, I have no idea. I feel, so I've already felt sort of isolated from people like this because as I said, I don't consume a lot of the same media. I'm yeah. a nerd. I read too much. I've always been that way. It sucks. But I've always been able to manage it, you know, mm-hmm. and be, been able to talk to other people who don't have the same interest. Obviously, no one has the same interest. It's fine. You know, now I just feel like I can't even talk to these people. They were all going to the Phillies game, actually, speaking of Philly, Phillies, like, or Philadelphia sports fans yep. in the office. And I really wonder what kind of cognitive dissonance they experience on a daily basis. I'm like, well, do you guys even believe this stuff? 
I'll tell you a story. I was like in the bathroom at my office building and there are there two women in there and we're not really even supposed to have more than three. Even how, how you would know that, I have no idea. When you open the door, you have no idea there's stalls. Like, how would I know? Right. Anyway, they were having this conversation and they seemed really concerned about the Delta variant, you know? And they were like, I can't believe they're even letting people come back to work. You know, this is a whole year ago that this started, right? right. <laughs> And I come out of the stall and I was like kind of confused. And I was like, do you guys think you could take your conversation somewhere else? Because if they really believe in the whole situation, why would they have that conversation in an enclosed space? It just, I don't understand people anymore. If I didn't I, before, I definitely don't now. I, I feel the same way. I'm having a harder time connecting with people and finding myself not wanting to connect with people, which I think is probably maybe yeah. not the most healthy thing either. Sad. But it's like, I don't want, but, the, but my reasoning for it, I feel is sound. Uh, I don't, I don't want to unpack. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. If I, if I want to have so just much. say, Hey, how's it going? And, you know, nice to see you, whatever. And we keep it sort of like on the surface there, that's fine. But I don't have the energy to unpack this whole debate for people, especially if they're like kind of strangers. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they want to argue with me about this, like, you know, I could do it, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to prioritize my energy and my time mm -hmm. and not waste it on this. And so because of that, I'm just seeing people and I'm going, eh, I have no interest in interacting with them. And I never did that before. So, so it's, it's obviously impacting me in some way and probably in a negative way, but, mm -hmm. but I, I don't, I don't want the argument. I can debate people and, 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 and I, I know where it's going to go. Because mm -hmm. I know I'm going to drag out a bunch of facts and I know they're going to drag out a bunch of emotions and right. it's not going to go well. You know, we're going to have a, a fight with apples and kumquats, you know. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be talking to them about the science behind it and they're going to be talking about how it makes them feel. And that's just, I can't debate that because like, okay, you know, yeah. like you're, you're anti-vax and everything. It's like, listen, on Monday night, I'm going to have the inventor of the mRNA technology on our group show. Oh, that's along with exciting. Five, five other doctors, Dr. Robert Malone. And, and he is going to explain how he has created a, a machine that has turned into like Frankenstein's monster and has been out of his, it's, it's broken loose of the laboratory and it is out of his control and it is extremely dangerous. I'm gonna yeah, have I really wonder what like Carrie Mullis would have to say if he were alive. I know, I wonder about that all the time. I yeah. feel like uh, you know he he would have a lot to say. I mean, I've had Dr. Judy Mikovits on. She had big problems with Fauci. Carrie Mullis had big problems mm -hmm. with Fauci. These people know who this guy is, and so it's like you know what am I gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna my friends are gonna say why are you anti-vax, man? You're fucking anti-science. Blah, blah, blah. They're gonna do all that stuff. I'm gonna say hey, you know the guy that you know you know the mRNA technology that you're you're talking about? Do you know that doctor? Because we've talked to him. And he says yeah. it's dangerous. Okay, he says it's dangerous. So what do you? So, so does so this gain what, and function research, which weirdly enough I found out on Joe Rogan's show like five years, six years ago, or something. I remember listening to Joe Rogan talk to someone about gain of function. I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, how can we take this uh, virus or whatever and 
make it deadly. I actually am not too surprised about that. I feel like whenever there's like some great scientific breakthrough, the military's like, how can we use it to kill people? Right. <laughs> you know, so, so if it's, if it's some great thing that, you know, like this bionic arm that we're talking about, we're like, they're like, Hey, listen, gave that farmer this bionic arm. He can now lift up his remote control and everything. And the army's standing behind going, can we use that arm to murder people uh, to, to grab people by the throat? And they're like, yes, absolutely. We can like, great. We love the application. Let's see if we can, you know, so it always gets sort of forked somewhere along the, the line mm-hmm. and gets turned against uh, people because the maniacs and the, defense uh, industry they view everything like that as a potential weapon i don't even know how their minds operate to be honest i read what was i reading something called mind wars because he was going to talk about ted kaczynski and it. it's written by a guy over here at uh pen and he's some sort of ethicist and i'm like are you an ethicist in that you know about ethics and then you can tell everyone what they are and then just not practice them it's actually really terrifying how how they really want the military and the all of that stuff to do its thing it's crazy and because they've built entire careers out of it yeah which is you know they don't again back to the nazi stuff they don't want to lose their jobs you know and and you hear generals talking about you know when am i going to get my war like (laughs) that's that should never be a thought you know that 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 we've incentivized this war philosophy and we've 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 created an industry with it where there's a you know like a trillion dollar defense budget every year and all these companies that want a piece of that and so we've 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 turned war into a profit making opportunity Mm -hmm. for a lot of companies and that you know like i see i view that i get it like i understand that there's there's a business behind it but i see things like that and the private prison industry is just like these mm-hmm. are slippery slopes like you when you're incentivizing or you're you're commoditizing people's freedoms or their lives uh you know whether you're dropping bombs or people or you you the ceo has a has a stock in a you know runs a company that's a private prison industry and then it goes public and people can buy the stock in this company and Sick. the reason the stock goes up is because you get more people into your prisons and they're yeah you know, like it just is such a it to me it's so psychopathic and yeah. yet, you know there's a lot of people that see that as hey, well that's just america doing america yeah i mean a lot of people made the astute observation that the sort of defund the police situation would basically turn into like a robocop thing where like privatized uh industry comes in and and removes like localized forces and then you basically only have security for like very rich people I, i see that is basically what might be happening there with that because what i think the left is bad at is seeing the future or seeing far into it it, yeah, you know, they don't seem to, and, and the right does different things, you know, too. But I, I, and I criticize both because I really do want to, uh, you know, break the sort of false left-right. There's us, the people, right? Marx was actually right about that. There's us, and then there's them. Um, yeah. So I'd really like a class conversation to happen again in this country. Um, you know, this is one of my questions that I had written down. How do we get people to break the false left-right paradigm and return to going after like bankers, big pharma, and career politicians? Because it seemed like people were doing that. Yeah. And now I don't know what's happened. It's such a good question. It's such a it's such a it's such an important thing that needs to change too. I mean, you know, we we spend all this 
emotional energy prioritizing like you know it's black versus white black lives matter white you know we got to get these white people that are that are oppressing the black community and everything it's like i want to just shake them and say listen it's not a a black versus white thing it's a powerful versus the powerless thing now mm. some of those powerful people are white obviously there's probably a disproportionate percentage of are white but this is not white versus black like i know plenty of other white people that don't that like, like as far as like the black community is thinking like, oh, the white people are out there, you know, actively trying to uh, keep them down. It's like, don't flatter yourself. Right? The white friends, I, they don't give a <laughs> shit about you. Like, I hate to break it to you, but they're not, they're not thinking about oppressing you. They're not thinking about you at all. They're worried about their own stuff. Um, so this oppression- well, There's also stuff, like a victim mentality, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's being, that's being sold as like a badge of honor now, mm -hmm. you know, with mm -hmm. critical race theory, you're either a victim or you're an oppressor. What if you're a kid that that's neither and you're being yeah, forced to- Yeah, they didn't to, really to... think of the mixed race couples there, did they? Oh no, they didn't. They... No, of course not. They didn't take that into account. <laughs> I've um, seen a lot of mixed race sort of couples be like, no, this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's Very confusing too. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, we've created a victim mentality out there, which I think is disgusting. Um, I'm not trying to say like, if you're a legitimate victim who has been victimized, I have empathy for you. I'm yeah. Not but it's like these people have never, I feel like these people have never lived through any serious I trauma. I think right. the people who claim this sort of stuff, I'm not talking about people like, like you said, who've actually lived through this, but there's a component of our society where, Comfort is very important. Convenience is very important. I think you said something about people being soft, right? Yeah. They've never really had to fit because America currently, not maybe currently, but it's an okay place. You can yeah, do okay for yourself if you can get educated and you don't even have to get a, a really, even these days, I'd advise against having a higher degree. Get a freaking technical job. I know, agree. Learn that. to 100%. operate an MRI machine. Learn how to fix a car. Right. Like, All so things I don't know how to do. So people are so pampered, you know, that they have to look for these weird, like, faux oppressions. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> it does make I mean, if, if I understand what you're saying, what you're saying makes sense. The reason why they're doing it doesn't make any sense to me, but I under, but you're correct in your assessment of that. It's like, I've had nothing happen to me. So I'm going to take on the burden of your trauma and use that and sort of take it as my own. You know, like they talk about like white liberal women, like wanting to stick their nose in everybody's business, be like, mm -hmm. these people over here are oppressed. I'm going to stand up for them. And the people are like, sit down. Nobody asked you to get upset on my behalf we're fine over here. Go manage your own stuff. I know I, I, this person recently, this is such a crazy thing that they were like, this person was like, it's a, a family friend. They were like 27 years old, I think, and, may, and never really had a job and been supported by their parents and everything. And they're like, I think I'm autistic. Oh my God. Like, no, you're just <laughs> lazy and spoiled. Yeah. The, like, the self-diagnosis stuff is pretty out of control it's too. Pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a huge component to the society of over pathologizing things. Yes. Uh, and I think it's mostly political when that happens. 
Yeah. And I've, I've, I've mentioned a, a concept that I've sort of described as like the victimization decathlon, like people that like want to have in their Twitter bios, all of the things that they are, you know, I'm a, I'm a non-binary, right. handicapped, um, LGBTQ, BQ, to be whatever. There's too many you know, letters but, now. You yeah. Know. It's like, <laughs> and it's like all of these things, it's like, okay, you are somebody yeah, this is what I've 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 come to understand, and and I don't, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just an observation. The left loves to label themselves. Mm. They love labeling themselves. They love to put themselves in these little categories and these little boxes. That I'm this 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 this. I have these pronouns and all this stuff. And I look at that and I go, Is that all you are? Like, aren't you? I think it's kind of that? like the end conclusion of neoliberalism. Mm. Like to sort of have all these micro identities. You know, you can basically buy an identity. Like, you don't have to think of, you know, and it, they're pre-prescribed to you. And yeah. I think that also has a lot to do with, I spoke with Alice McDowell a few months ago, and she talks a lot about, you know, how they want to capitalize off of what they call like impact markets and basically using these micro identities to make more money off of you what a surprise so yeah and nothing surprising to me anymore i'd love to be shocked or surprised about I, I would be shocked and surprised <laughs> you know what would would be a nice surprise that i could really get behind is if all of a sudden a bunch of people had like a mass awakening and they realized hey maybe the people on our nightly news on television aren't telling us exactly the truth that that's a surprise i would love i, would I love kept it thinking it would happen i really didn't want to be hoping, the person right? i didn't want to be the person alone at city hall with like a sign but if this continues and i think i might have to be like me and my two other friends like just <laughs> because i can't this is and people just don't seem to care about the level of tyranny that they're experiencing they're like oh just wear the mask it's not i'm like no you don't get it like especially with my kind of angle on like maybe leftover satanic nazis um, I feel like the mask was sort of a humiliation ritual and yeah. it was sort of to see like, okay, who's in line, right? Who, you know, who's not, who are the pegs that won't be, you know, hammered down? Yeah. I, I think it was really easy. I heard you say something about like facial recognition or something. Yeah. I took, I took my, I, my little conspiratorial brain <laughs> immediately to like, Hey, what if, um, what if everyone that's got the mask on, but you know, their faces are covered we know that they're going to comply at least on some level to, but everyone that's not wearing masks, you know, and I had this thought when I was going through, I was at the grocery store, not wearing a mask and just, I get my little basket. I fill it up with some stuff. I go through the self checkout and in the self checkout, when, um, when you're just doing the touchscreen things, mm -hmm. uh, there's a camera there. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, if they're storing all of these, of course they are somewhere, uh, storing all of these images, what if they're going to know, they're going to go through if they, you know, real quick and just be like, you know, 8% of all people that have checked out don't wear masks. And then that information is something's done with it. Right. And I, it just made me think maybe they're, they're identifying us. Maybe they're calling us out. If uh, you like movies, have you seen the movie heat? Mm-hmm. So in the movie Heat, the, the, the bad guys, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, and these guys, they go to this 
they go to this port in Long Beach and they're out in the, they're down on the ground and they're in the middle of where all these big cranes are and there's nothing out there and they're pointing and they're looking and, they're, and there's four of them and they're standing next to each other and they're conspiring. They're looking at something and the police are hidden watching them with binoculars from up high mm. and they're going, what are these guys looking at? What are these guys looking at? And then the, and then the four bad guys leave. And the police then later go down to that same spot where the guys were and they start looking around. They're going, they're trying to figure out what they were looking at. They're like, what are they looking at? And they, and then it dawns on Al, Al Pacino's character. He says, they're looking at us. They just, they just wanted to get us out in the open and they're looking at us. And sure enough, then it cuts to like, uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character up with binoculars and they're, and they're taking pictures of who the cops are that are watching them. And it made me think like, what if, you know, they've got all the masks on everybody. And I don't think this is the primary reason for it, but as like an ancillary benefit to them, what if they then now have us out in the open as yeah. to who are the people that we've now identified? I think it really ourselves. was a test though, to see the whole COVID rollout really was a test to see how much trust is there how much more they can establish yes how they can consolidate you know power and control you know that like everyone's had this conversation right all the small businesses gone poof who has the most money right now like jeff bezos shooting himself into space like okay like <laughs> this is not normal <laughs> like isn't it obvious i just don't so to me it's just so incredibly obvious and this is someone who again the 9-11 situation i was a teenager when that happened I lived in New Jersey at the time. I grew up in New Jersey. It was a big deal, okay? And it wasn't, yeah. and I think you said this on someone else's podcast, like if they only murdered, what, like 3,000 people that day, and, you know, we're still living through like the policy change of like the airport shoe situation, yeah. which doesn't happen in other countries, by the way. Anyone no. who's American and listening and hasn't been abroad, that doesn't happen anywhere else except for the United States. Yeah. So I'm always interested in the policy changes afterwards and when they were just ramping up all of these policies about the masks, which do nothing. Uh, I was like, wow, this is insane. And I don't, know for, I don't know when we'll have a time period where we step out of it. I feel like we're, in, we're locked in now for like, I don't know, I can't predict how long. But the fact that it didn't stop six months in even two months in makes me think that we're in for the long haul here. <laughs> yeah, it, me too. Because if it was just the government saying something, um, you know, telling us what to do, that'd be one thing, but they've now got a, a, a rather large segment of the population mm -hmm. that will do exactly what the government has told them to do. Their brains are broken. They're, they're, they're unwilling or unable to challenge the government. They're just, doing what right, they're because they're now. in an abusive relationship with they're, them. exactly they're <laughs> yeah. in an abusive relationship and they're and they're bored and they're busybodies and now they're given an important assignment and the assignment is you're got you've got to save the world you've got to take what we say and then spread this information out to everybody around you so if you see somebody not wearing a mask tell them to wear a mask tell them to get the vaccine so these people now have this like this virtue mission. Yeah. yeah, like virtuous. I'm doing, I'm doing something. <laughs> right, you know? I'm like, doing something. And that goes kind of back to the whole idea of people have been too spoiled already. You know, people are too comfortable. Yeah. Like, I think part of Western decay is being too comfortable. And it seems to me that the COVID rollout is to make people prime to like use online services. Again, we have 
Mr. Jeff Bezos, who looks like a walking penis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he really does. Even his one eye is squinty. Yeah. Um, and so they, they're going to rely on these services even more. So people are addicted to this convenience, like that movie, uh, brilliant Mike Judge, you know, uh, Idiocracy. Like, I just feel like- The documentary, like that, you mean? <laughs> I don't want it to be a documentary. <laughs> oh, no. But it is. So let's just try to end on a, a positive note. Okay. Uh, do you see Do you see anyone waking up that you were surprised about? Is there something that, like, you know, people can be so overwhelmed with this stuff and it can be sad to be on this side, you know? But, like, yeah. what kind of advice? Because you've been doing this for a while. So what kind of advice would you give to people and would, you know, to to remain positive, let's say, to try to you know, not let this get too depressing. I try to have a sense of humor about it. It's tough yeah. to do because sometimes people misinterpret that as being like, like you don't care about mm -hmm. it. I care about all this stuff deeply, but I have got to have some sort of like pressure valve release where I can mm -hmm. laugh at the absurdity of it because right. it's really crazy. You know, if we, <laughs> I feel like over this last year, I feel like, you know, you're talking about like, the government's watching to see how compliant we would be and how, if we fall, if we're going to do what they say to do. I feel like there's somebody with a white lab coat and a clipboard standing behind, like taking notes and going like, yes, they'll all put the masks on, click, yeah. and, like, check that. And like, it's a, let's die and test. That's yeah. What I, let's see what happens when we tell them that they should wear two masks. Let's see if they right. freak out. Or let's see four. If Oh, but hey, we said wear two masks. And sure enough, if people we got a lot of people wearing two masks. So, okay, well, that didn't break Did their brain. Did you see people wearing the goggles some, like we after they came yeah. out with that news? Goggles. Yeah. Yes. They were yes. like, it can Those... get through your eyes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, it's, it's, it's just, so <laughs> I see that. And, and to me, when they keep ramping it up, when they say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to have the, the in or, you know, to incentivize you to get this vaccine, we're going to enter you in the lottery. And I see that as actually a good sign. I see that as a positive sign because, so you, we mentioned ending this on a, on a high note. The high yeah, note is try. this. <laughs> the high note is this. They wouldn't be offering you free donuts. They wouldn't be offering you Samuel Adams beer. They wouldn't be setting up vaccine injection sites inside of McDonald's in California. They wouldn't be offering you two laps around Talladega Speedway in, in order to get the vaccine if things were going well. Mm. These are what you do when things are going poorly, when your agenda is not working. It, because I promise you this wasn't written into like the script. This is what you, this is like the backup plan. If we don't have enough fear, if we don't have people voluntarily taking the vaccine, if we need to do this, then I don't know, we'll figure it out when, when that, when that point comes. Well, the point came and what they, and what, you, you can tell that they were all like in some big meeting where some bigwig yelled at them and said, I don't care if you have to give these dummies cigarettes, alcohol, <laughs> free weed, and laps around Talladega and donuts and beer. Yeah. Just get them injected and give like, I don't care if it's got to be lottery tickets. Just find a way to get it injected. Because then immediately after that, all of these things went in, all these, all these governors and mayors started saying, hey, we're going to give out lottery tickets. You know, so they're not very creative. This is what you do when things are going awry, not when things are going well. So I would say that for everybody that's kind of like, oh, how much longer is this going to last? I can't take it. I feel like the walls are closing in. It's good. I, 
let's take some let's take some positives out of this. They, mm-hmm. They're they're the 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 Biden administration talking about going door to door. That is that is a last ditch scenario. That means that we're close to the last ditch. You know, this is it because you don't do that when it's when it's working. You do that when it's not working. So whatever we're doing, the resistance that we have, the you know, the the desire to want the facts, like actual scientific facts about what we're injecting into our body, these are things that are well within our rights to 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 ask for and to demand, mm-hmm. you know, to be informed about this stuff. And and when you've got people standing up there saying, like in this clip with Andrew Cuomo that came out maybe two months ago, this this lady saying, you know, I don't care what's in the shot. I don't want to know what's in the shot. Just put <laughs> it in my arm. That's that is ignorance. That mm-hmm. is ignorance being like touted as some sort of like virtue which is weird to me so if they're if they're telling you that in order to be virtuous you have to be dumb that should be like a red flag you have to be dumb and feel like a victim it's like exactly what they it's a very easily controlled population at that point yeah and you mentioned this being like an abusive relationship oh yeah the, the the relationship gets more and more abusive the de- the more desperate the abuser feels you know mm-hmm. when they feel like it's slipping away like you're right about to yeah, walk like out when, the door yeah they murder you yeah basically they murder you right yeah, right, yeah exactly. you're about to leave and you get murdered yeah <laughs> That's yeah, it. yeah. If you leave, if you walk out of that door, something bad's gonna happen. I mean, this is yeah. where we've gotten with the vaccine agenda too. It's like they're 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 run. They've run out of threats. We're about to walk out the door. That's a good thing. That's a yeah. really good thing. So let's good. let's 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 um, let's take this. Let's take the victories where we can get them. Uh, not everybody is going to be awake to this. Some people want to be told what to do. We have to remember that. And I would say maybe like a little bit of advice that I've had to. I've had to learn through trial and error, and that is my, my, my decisions to where I prioritize my time and mm-hmm, energy. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to like genuinely know what is happening with this, let's say the vaccine component of this, I'll I'll sit down and I'll explain it, and I'll I'll give my my best explanation, and I'll and I'll also reiterate that I'm not a doctor, but I have these thoughts, and I've talked to doc you know doctors that know this uh, much better than I I do. And this is what they've said. And here's the science behind it. And here's the information. I'll, I'll lay it all out. But if someone just wants to argue with me and say, uh, and there are those types, I'm not into, I'm not into it. It's not to yeah, say I can't destroy neither. them in an argument, but like what's tiring, isn't it? It's, it's oh my tiring. goodness. Someone's having a good time outside. They, were, they said they were, Sunday, Sunday. I know, well, it's like this every day that they, they said they were going to outlaw the dirt bikes, but that hasn't happened yet. It's really no. funny because people do a lot of wheelies. Really well, all you have to do is, is you have to somehow con- explain to them that COVID comes from wheelies and they'll yeah. shut that down immediately. <laughs> You know, just find an angle that where you can tie COVID into it and, 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 and all of your uh, marketing problems are solved. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to drag it out for a while. And, you know, certain coworkers, I think everyone now thinks I'm crazy, which is interesting. But, uh, and I haven't you, even, how dare you I, see through this? I haven't even let on that much. I just said to one woman, I was like, nah, I didn't get the vaccine. She's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, you know, first of all, they're not going to make me into a liar. Okay. I don't like, I don't like, I want to live an authentic kind of life. I don't want to walk around lying all the time to myself and others. I don't, I don't really understand the mentality where you would want to do that, but yeah. And I told her, you know, I, I just like to wait and see, 
That's what I said. I didn't even say anything that controversial. And she just yeah. kind of looked at me funny. And now she'll walk an extra distance to get to the bathroom. So That's she fine. Have... Make her yeah. walk. Make her walk. So, so you don't it's... have to have the uncomfortable conversation. You know well. that she doesn't want to have the uncomfortable conversation where you might tell her something that will burst her bubble of reality. No, I can't even do the heavy lifting for people anymore. No. Like, because, I, I, you know, the, the trans stuff and then this, like, first, you know, 9-11, uh, you know, that was a long time ago, though. So, like, I guess I recovered from that <laughs> Yeah. a bit. But, yeah, I just don't know how much, how, how, uh, how long people will let everyone in the government uh, and beyond, like, lie to them. Is there anything you'd like to add to end our conversation? Well, it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? So we've got we've got a little bit longer for this COVID stuff. Don't let it make you crazy. I know it. I know it is. Um, I, I know it's it's making it's breaking a lot of people's brains. But um, I I try to just see the 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 humor in it all. I've mm -hmm. I've found that I I can communicate with people through uh, you know when I've dressed this up in a little bit of humor as opposed to just lecturing yes. people. So that that helps. I I. I I've, I've, if you want to try and communicate with friends and family that don't see the world the way you see it, I would start by asking them questions about mm -hmm. things instead of just like making it a monologue, which I have done and that it does not work very well. So that's, yeah, the that's, Socratic method is usually a little bit better it, for people it helps. It, to it, come it, to the, it, to make them feel like they've come to those conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep it conversation, <laughs> you know, keep it as a dialogue and not a monologue. So they mm. feel like nobody wants to be lectured at It's like, Hey, come here, you know, have a seat. I'm going to tell you how this COVID thing is. Everyone's like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Right. So, so if you can say, to them like hey what do you make of this what do you make of this contradictions mm. like i see you're wearing a mask but like you're wearing a mask now but like we've got the cdc saying you shouldn't wear a mask you got fauci saying like how does that work for you you know like if you can get them doing that and then they go uh i don't know i mean i haven't really thought about it well maybe you should think about it you know so i i found that that way works a little bit better mm. um but you're not going to you know look you're not going to you're not going to quote save everybody you're not going to get everybody to see things your way and, and it's and not your job either yeah. because you'll be disappointed if you set out to do that just talk to the people that matter to you explain to them why you think the way you think uh, maybe point them in into the direction of some people that uh, or some information or podcasts or whatever that they you think they might be interested in and and send them my way too you could do that I, i'll be the bad guy i don't care um I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've done it before where I just have to say like, this is what I've found and it contradicts with the official narrative. And if you're, if you're uncomfortable diverging from the official narrative, well then maybe this isn't the show for you. If you, if you feel comfortable just doing what you're told, then go do what you're told, but go do what you're told somewhere else. Get out and then way. don't tell me what to do. And don't tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm the, that's almost 40. Like, come on chill I, I, chill I, out look if you want to wear a mask and you want to be a hypochondriac and you want to purell everything yeah that's on you like you do whatever you want to do and i'm and I, now i'll i'll silently be judging you just so you yeah. know but 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 i'm not going to tell you not to do it because it's not my business to tell you what to do and i would like the same respect backwards you can yeah you know, that's the problem is the respect back it's the respect back. Yeah. And I want, I'd like for you to not tell me that I need to Purell everything and wear my mask to, to, you know, so if we can agree to that, we're fine. Where can, 
where can people find you? If, if the people who are listening to my podcast don't know who you are, uh, I didn't even get to introduce you. This is Charlie Robinson from the yeah. Octopus of Global Control. So where can people find you? On the uh, well, if, I mean, maybe in a padded cell somewhere at, at some point, but uh, you can find me at uh, my podcast is called Macroaggressions. It's available mm -hmm. in audio format wherever podcasts are served, and it's available mm -hmm. in video format on David Icke's platform, Iconic, on mm -hmm. Rockfin, on Odyssey, and I got two strikes on YouTube, so you're yeah. probably not going <laughs> to find me there for a little while. I, I get them all the time, yeah. I got to wait for a strike to drop off before I feel, not that that even really matters because they can ding me whenever they want, but that's yes, where you can, can find me. 